Good morning. It's great to be here in Greenville. It's actually the second time I've tried to come to Greenville. I tried to come for Deacon Mark Schaffner's ordination in May or June, but caught a blowout and didn't make it outside of Louisiana. So I'm glad to have made it here safely. It's a great joy to be with you this morning. Have you ever been given a task that you felt like you're just completely not up to? Whether it's like some project for school, whether it's a task for work, or just planning some event, learning a hobby, whatever it is, someone calls you to do something and your first thought is, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. Whether it's out of fear, you don't want to fail, you don't want to be disappointed, you don't want to you know, put yourself out there, whatever it is. I think we all can kind of relate to that experience. And all three of our readings today actually highlight that feeling of, of inadequacy. In the first reading from the prophet Isaiah, he has this vision of, of God and the almighty God in heaven with all the angels and seraphim surrounding him. And, he, and his first reaction is, woe is me, I'm doomed. He knew he was a sinful man. He says, a man of unclean lips. And he knows that in the presence of almighty God, he's not worthy of that. He can't possibly stand worthily in the presence of God. And the apostle Paul in the second reading He's, he's reflecting on his own call, and he says he's the least of all the apostles, not even worthy to be called an apostle because of all the terrible things he'd done, persecuting the church, murdering, rounding up, and arresting all Christians. He said, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. And then in, the, in our gospel, we hear the call of Peter in the Sea of Galilee, and he has a similar reaction. I want to stop and kind of unpack that call of Peter to kind of delve into what it means for Jesus to call us like that and for what our response can look like. See, Peter, before this, he was just kind of an ordinary fisherman. He had a fishing business with his family and some other partners they mentioned in the gospel, and he was just doing the normal things of life. He had to doing his things with work. He had a family to care for, just kind of going through the ordinary things of life. And then Jesus decides to get into his boat, and he he teaches the people from that boat. And then he gives Peter a seemingly simple command. He says, go out, go fishing again in the deep water. And actually, we learn a lot from that seemingly simple command. The popes of recent history, John Paul II, Benedict, and Francis, they all cling to this message, put out into the deep water. See, Jesus, I mean, Peter... He was a seasoned fisherman. He had a fishing business. He knew what he was doing. He knew how to fish. And this wandering carpenter, Jesus, seems to kind of come and tell him how to do his job. Peter knows what to do, and Jesus tells him, go out into the deep water. But actually, Peter says, they fished all night long. And the nighttime was actually the best time for them to fish. All the commotion had died down, all the, the movement that would have scared the fish away. They fished all night long, and they didn't catch anything. So Jesus comes in the middle of the day and tells them to go fish, and he tells them to go into the deep water, when actually it would have made more sense to fish in the, sha in the shallow water, where there would be plants and things that the fish would feed on. The deep water was just empty. So this wandering carpenter is telling a fisherman to go fishing at the worst time of day in the worst place. So to Peter, this doesn't make any sense. It kind of seems like a pointless task. He knows he's probably not going to catch any fish. Only a fool would do something like that. But he does something very simple but very important. He trusts Jesus. 
Maybe hearing him teach, he, he felt something different about this guy. And he takes this little risk. He says, what do, I, I mean, what do I have to lose? Like, I'll waste an hour of my time and won't catch anything? So he says, it's your word, I will do it. And what happens? What happens is nothing short of a miracle. A catch that threatens to sink two boats. That just doesn't happen. This was, this was an act of Jesus. It was a divine act. This miraculous catch through which Jesus was, seems like he's saying, you know, apart from me, even though everything may seem right, you drew everything according to, you know, the right rules, apart from me, you can do nothing. But when I call and you respond in faith, no matter how hopeless it may seem, miracles can and will happen. And Peter, I think, he recognizes this. He recognizes what's happening. He hears Jesus teaching. He sees the catch of the fish. And he has that same reaction that Isaiah had. He has the same feelings that Paul had. He says, depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. I'm not worthy to be in your presence to receive this call from you. You picked the wrong guy. You must have made a mistake. I think a lot of us can relate to that reaction. Because believe it or not, each one of us is called just like Peter is. Jesus is inviting each one of us to take that risk in our lives. Although it may seem like, you know, what do I have to lose? This risk actually puts everything on the line. It's interesting, I think, that the first thing that Jesus asked Peter to do is to do the very thing that he was already doing. He says, go fishing. Go do the things that you were already doing. But he asked him to do it in a different way, to do it with him present, do it in response to his call. It's a subtle difference, but it's a difference that transforms everything that, that Peter does, that we can do. It's to take the ordinary things of this life and to do them not apart from Jesus, not kind of on our own, but with him in response to that call. We can fall into this way of thinking that we have our daily life, our family, our work, our hobbies, all these things here, and then we have all of our church things over here, and they kind of stay separate. Sunday becomes different from Monday through Saturday. When in actuality, Jesus is calling us to do these ordinary things as a response to his call, as the means of making the gospel present, trying to be Christians, not just here, but Christians and Catholics in the world trying to live according to the gospel in our daily lives, which, as we know, it's, it's hard. It could seem like a foolish task, a hopeless task. Who can do this? It might seem like going fishing in the middle of the day in deep, empty water. And we have these thoughts of, of uh, surely I'm not good enough. Surely God's going to call someone else with all these great gifts and talents to do these things. I can't really do any of this with all the odds stacked against me. Surely not I. But what does Jesus say to Peter? He doesn't dismiss what Peter says when Peter says that I'm a sinful man. He doesn't say, no, Peter, you're not, you're not a sinful man. Because in actuality, he is a sinful man. He is inadequate for the task. He can't do it on his own. But he says, do not be afraid. He says, I will be with you. I will provide for you. And I will give you the grace you need to take each step, every step of the way. 
especially when it feels like you can't do it, especially when it feels like the risk is too great. Because the risk is too great to let fear hold us back. Fear is, is an interesting thing. Why are we afraid to take that risk? It's the fear of rejection, this fear of being inadequate, fear of being disappointed, being let down, fear of putting ourselves out there, of failing, whatever it is. It's a priest, his name is Father Contula Mesa. He's what's called the preacher of the papal household. So every, every at set times, he actually preaches to the Pope. He's the only priest who's allowed to preach to the Pope. And he says that in that moment, it's actually a good thing when we're aware of that inadequacy, when we feel this inability to do what we feel like we're called to do, because it's a recognition, especially then, that we need God. We can't do it on our own. It's what keeps us running back to Mass, running back to confession, running back to prayer, to adoration, to the sacraments. It keeps us dependent not on ourselves, but on Him. And when we do everything right according to our standards, when everything seems right, apart from Him, we catch nothing. But when we listen to that call that He offers to us, whenever, no matter how foolish it may seem, miracles, little miracles, can happen, even if we don't see it. Whenever we strive to be not just good people, but good Catholics in our homes, in our families, and in our workplaces, when we bring what we receive here out of here, that's the call that makes little miracles happen. And when we hear that call over and over again, we feel that little prick of our conscience saying, man, you need to strive to live better, whatever in that situation may be in your life, and that first reaction is that inadequacy, not me. I can't do that. Surely God's going to allow someone else to do that. Jesus says, do not be afraid. Especially in that moment. St. Teresa of Avila says that God has no hands, no feet, no mouth in this world but ours. He needs that, that response to the call to make his gospel present in the world. That's our call. We have to be that voice, the mouth, the hands, the feet of God. And so God asked an important question in the first reading. Who will go for us? Whom shall I send? What will be our response to that question?